Yo, 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 what's happening, what's happening? It's the boy JBJR on another exciting episode of Fruit of the Boom podcast. Again, I'm running the studio solo dolo while manhandling business. And today, 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 we have an awesome guest. And act probably, I'm pretty sure our youngest guest as of right now. Um, my, my man's not even 18 yet. My man is still in high school. Just told me he took the ACT today. 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 So this, so <laughs> definitely Young Scholar, we got in our midst, man. At the same time, not only is he a music producer, he's also a jazz musician. So we got our first true jazz musician on our show, which is dope. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> so please, please, please welcome, welcome to the podcast, one and all, far-fetched, affiliated, and provided by the good people of We Are Far-fetched, Owen Raglan. How you doing, brother? Doing well, doing well. Thank you. Man, great to see you, man. And thank you so much for coming out. Of course, of course. That was a dope-ass intro right Fuck there. yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, hey, practice, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Gotta get used to that, you know? Gotta, <laughs> gotta, man, gotta. But nah, man, I truly do appreciate you coming out on the show, yeah, man. Yeah. I really do appreciate no that. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, when I saw you at uh, the Link Up, man, um, a couple months back, shout out to the good people of Farfetch, man, for throwing that on. And I saw you yes, the yes. first person. It was me and my homie Matt Thurman. Well, shout out to him what's i think that was february uh yeah that sounds right february like yes -February. So, so yeah february so yeah we were there february you know i went uh last matt went second and owen went first and just seeing owen get down like he did i was like yeah <laughs> yeah i gotta get him on so <laughs> <laughs> nah man so no, nah, i definitely appreciate you man but uh but um before we get started on the show man you know i just want to explain to good people what the whole purpose of the podcast is um for sure the pop purpose of the podcast that uh, matt and i created is to basically give an outlet and just get the behind the scenes stories insight from the other half of songs like we always hear about the artists and band side but we never hear about the music producer the dj and the engineer For sure. so the whole point of this is i want to give the those three roles their time to shine on this podcast tell you history anything that you want to talk about especially when it pertains to you that's the whole point we got i'll give you time to pretty much do everything you needed to plus people love hearing this so <laughs> they love to hear like the behind the scenes stories from like they from from the known to the unknown so that's why i want to give everyone a chance to go ahead and get some shine that's the whole point for sure so starting with you my man and i'm gonna go ahead and give out break out the very first question i ask literally everybody how did you get started in music production? My uh, my introduction to music production was sort of like a uh, I don't know. It was a, a sort of a crash course in the sense that I was I was already on. Um, I, I've been playing piano since I was three, so I, I was nice. already on that game. Um, and I remember my dad got this laptop, this, this Apple laptop from his work, and I was like, oh, there's this thing on here called GarageBand. Okay. And uh, so I just started messing around with that, and me and my brother would uh, would just you know, make little crappy beats out of loops and just, you know, messing around with like, what you know, what can we combine? Like what kind of interesting sounds can we create? And then throughout that process, um, my interest just kind of continued. And eventually uh, when I was in sixth grade, um, I convinced my dad to get me Logic nice. uh, for Christmas. I nice, believe. nice. So then that, that just hold, you know, that was a whole new level right there with uh, the plugins and just, you know, the instruments that you get. Um, with any new DAW, you just kind of have a whole new, you know, universe of sounds at your hands. So, mm. um, for me, that was really the beginning of sort of just like getting, you know, like, okay, this, this is a serious thing for me. Um, mm. and then that kind of led to, uh, in middle school, my first kind of like actually 
um, naming hip hop as something I was interested in doing production wise. But you know, mm -hmm. earlier on, I was I was writing sort of like film score kind of stuff that was just based off of um, something I would write on the piano because I've always been writing. Um, if it were, you know, just for the piano, but nice. but then when I when that came into production, it was sort of like, how do I want to, you know, what does that form take when it comes to computerized production? So you know, be that electronic, be that you know, just using you know fake string sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so basically seeing that you know coalesce into making beats, uh, and and I've always still been kind of doing my own production work as it comes to just combining various genres. Um, even to what my music is now, which is kind of still changing always, but continuing, you know, most recently with, with a lot of jazz, electronic, kind of like hip-hop stuff. So, um, but it's hard for me, especially recently, because I've been kind of like, I have so many different outlets now. It's kind of like, all right, I'm going to put out this project, which is going to be this genre, and then this project, which is going to be this genre. So it's kind of like, how do you, you know, because listeners don't want to be listening to their favorite artists and then hear like, oh, turns out this album's completely different you know like oftentimes people kind of want their that one thing that they're used to with an artist so mm -hmm. finding you know and that's that's been the most exciting thing for me with production is that you can kind of hide behind other artists right, right so right. people listen to you know kendrick because they hear that kind of specific beat but then somebody's going to listen to you know lupe because they hear a different type of beat you know what i mean so right, there's right. there's sort of um directions you can take with production when you're behind other people that you can't necessarily take if you're your own independent artist. So that's what's exciting for me, uh, especially about working with other people too. So yeah, that was. That's what's up, brother. Man, so I actually want to dial it back for a second, man. So just because you say you've been playing piano at three, so you literally been involved, and you 17 now, correct? Yeah. Yep. So this man has been making music literally like 95%. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I, like I legit. I so. can't remember not making music. It's, it's always <laughs> been a part of my life, for real. I mean, I, I can remember taking trips, uh, like vacations, and being like, oh, I haven't practiced in like a month. This is, this is weird. What's going on? Like, I need to, you know, keep it. I don't know. It's like, for me, a lot of people think that, like, my parents were just pushing me to do this or something like this is always being, because there's, you know, there's those kids. They're those prodigies that, you know, are mm -hmm. like, oh, this kid's like 10 and he's playing, you know, Bach fluently. Um, but, you know, oftentimes that's because the parents are just like, okay, six hours of your day is going to be practicing now, you know. But right. for me, it's always been something where I was like, I first sought it out. Um, my brother actually was playing when he was because he's four years older than me mm -hmm. so you know he started playing like around eight and and then he quit after a couple months and i was like oh this is my opportunity to get better <laughs> at something than him so then i was like all right i'm gonna you know take this up and so basically you know there was obviously a little bit of like hey you know have you practiced yet like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff for my parents but but it's always been a uh something i'm still interested enough in that i could understand like okay maybe i don't want to do this right now but in the future this is going to be something i'm glad i did so you know it's i guess i was just able to understand that even at the times when i didn't enjoy it. but most of the time i was enjoying it so i was like you know right it sounds like it just sounds like from what you're just talking about i've seen your enthusiasm about it like this is more than just even just a passion for you. This is like a calling for you, it seems like, because it's just based off what I'm hearing and just what I've heard before and just the way you, like I said, just how you just, I could tell you really, really are a true student and a true music person. Like, that's, that's you're you, a true audiophile. I can tell that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay. So I can, I, you know, I can just kind of tell that with you. Like, I can tell that with, like, multiple other people, like 88 Keys, shout out to him. Um... So yeah, man, you know, and so, so just hearing you know, someone being passionate about like that, you know, it mm -hmm. definitely is an appreciation, especially like when you kind of mentioned like even right before we started talking 
um, like jazz music and things like that. So, and before, and this is a perfect segue, so this man told me, and we'll get all into that in a second, but he is a jazz musician. So I want you to kind of go ahead and tell me a little bit before we go more back in the production side for a second. I want to get more on the music side because I definitely love talking about that, especially with like theory and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. how did you get into like, like performing with bands and stuff like that, but like with your actual instrumentation, like how did that come about? Yeah, so um, my first introduction really into like playing with a band specifically, um, I mean, to be honest, like, Playing piano for me was taking the form of classical music for mm -hmm. the you know for the first part of my life just because that's like a really good place to get theory basis you know behind like writing and you know and, and just properly playing the piano mm -hmm. um, as an instrument, but um, which was great and I mean I still play classical like I've never not been playing classical but it's something mm -hmm. where um, my my brother has always been musical as well. Shout out, Wes Gray, rapper, singer, all that. Shout out to him. He's just he's on uh, KDHS. Yes, now, starting right? Thursday. Yep, uh, over there. Shout with, out uh, to him. Yeah, with uh, DJ Wiz over there. Shout out the to the homie there. from Far Fetch crew. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah, so I mean, he, he was always kind of like just, he's always been musical as well. Um, and so we... We used to just play together, um, and then my dad would would come down, and he because my dad actually originally was uh, a composition major in college before he switched over to philosophy, which you know, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it was maybe like a more logical choice at that point, you know, because he's like, I want to have a family, want to have that income that's real stable. So you know, anyway. Um, but that being said, he you know he's always had that that musical interest and tied to us with that. Um, mm -hmm. So he used to you know we, we kind of just had like a family band straight up. That was like the thing nice. uh, from my youngest age was just like having a little you know our little jam sessions just for fun and and right from that point on he would show me you know okay here's how to play a basic triad and then you know you can kind of go from there and mm -hmm. and so that sort of sparked my own. Um, writing as well because I would start going like hey I can you know mess around with this idea play you know right apart for my brother right apart for my dad whatever mm -hmm. so that kind of sparked and then that just kind of coalesced into production and like all these various parts so I think for me having the the ties to my family with just playing music that's so important because I know a lot of people even you know at the professional level that just can't sit down at a piano and play like that is something some people just can't do and I mean that that would be difficult for me to say the least like I, I just that's such a valuable thing to me to be able to just sit down and do that and then get into that kind of just the flow of playing um, and that I think probably coalesced mostly because I was able to do that from a really young age just with you know with my family and, mm -hmm. and just enjoying playing music not because you know it was exactly what was written on a sheet but just because it was you know our true emotion so that's something that like a lot of people don't get um and that was really valuable for me so that sort of sparked my my first playing with a band and then I, I guess I've always just sort of had uh opportunities to play with bands and stuff like that if that be through school uh which that was sort of my first introduction into formal jazz education was in was in middle school um I went to a really small private school called Crossroads um, yeah. for middle school and they had a uh, a pretty good music program um and so i i first started playing jazz there because they were basically like hey this is the 
band that has the most. I mean, it's a small school. Like, we had, like, 20 people in my class. Oh, wow. Uh, so he was like, hey, this is the band that we have, like, enough people for. So, like, join this. I'll just, you know, show you how to play voicings. So basically, um, jazz for me started off as, like, wow, there are so many ways to play this chord. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. this. And I guess for me, really, what it turned into was the, the like, turning into... Uh, everything that I was learning on the classical side, combining that with all the things I was doing when I would just sit down and play the piano mm -hmm. and sort of seeing those two, you know, sort of the, the, the really truly like just the flow of creating music is so much in jazz. And, um, I agree. And so, and, and being able to, but, but shaping that, you know what I mean? Like saying, Hey, here's a, here's a lead sheet. Here's a form. Mm -hmm. Um, here's a melody. Now take all this and put your own spin on it, you know, and continue to have your own improvisation. But it's, you know, it's improvisation that is actually has form to it. Kind of like mean? a kind of like a structured improvisation. Exactly. There's yeah. Structured, structured improv. That's what I would call it. Structured improv. I think that works. The hell yeah. See, see, and you know what, man? And this and this goes and it's gonna go into another question before we get back into production for a second. But um, you said one thing that I know I've stressed a whole lot to producers out there, when it, especially now since you're an actual musician and you were you one of the few musicians we actually had on there that can vouch for this. Music theory. Mm -hmm. If you could stress the importance on that for me, for just for people out there, they don't think <laughs> just just so people can kind of know yeah. whether you whether you learn it yourself on the internet or go to school and get formal training on it. Just tell yeah. like the importance like for someone that wants to get into music production. What's the important like how important it is to know that? Okay, so for me, music theory is one of the things, um, you got to think about it like this. I would say there's a reason we learn math in school, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it, it sucks, I can tell you. I just took the ACT. <laughs> was not fun. But, uh, but that being said, um, it really is the... the it, it's almost, you know, in music, theory is not only the, the math behind music, but it's also the history to an extent. Because you, you kind of look at how did, you know, the Baroque period turn into something that is so far away from, from you know, older periods, time periods of music. So that kind of history is super important in, in saying, um, you know, kind of structuring how you write music. Mm -hmm. And I would say with theory, when it comes to production, and I'll, I'll say kind of focus this in on hip-hop a little bit because I know okay. that there's you know that's something that I'm familiar with mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of producers who will get to a certain point of playing any instrument so we you know say piano a lot of producers will get to a certain point on piano and they'll go okay I am now good enough to play some seventh chords if I pair that with some dope ass drums and a bass line boom got the beat you know it's good and that is great like you 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 know you've gotten to that point but what theory allows you to do is go, okay, hey, why is this dope? And what can I do to draw upon that and continuate, you know, that into the next level of dopeness as, you know, as, as it may be. So mm -hmm. I would say theory is something where it's like, you know, if you want to get past that level that everyone else is at, you really have to have a, a knowledge of theory because there's, there's going to be a, a lot of saturation on a market level of producers who can kind of play every instrument and there's definitely that's super marketable i mean people you go out to hollywood they're gonna look for somebody who can play every instrument but the people that are gonna get the really good you know really good paying jobs really good jobs are gonna be the people that can play every instrument and know the theory behind it and know you know how to play this song in 12 different keys 
because this singer needs you to play it in 12. And I mean, that's going into actually, you know, there's also a lot of uh, theory that's required for being a professional musician that's just, you know, performing. Like performance is another thing that you, you know, I mean, if, if you get in a set with a jazz singer and she's like, hey, today my voice is not feeling this key, bring it down a half step. You didn't rehearse that. You gotta just know, like, we're gonna bring this whole song down in a half step, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's something, you know, if you're good enough with theory and Beyonce comes through and she's like, hey, my keyboard player just, you know, I don't know, has to leave for family issues. Where's a St. Louis piano player that can fill, you know, fill in the spot? If you're good enough and you, you've got a reputation, like, you know the theory, <laughs> you're gonna be on that gig and you're gonna play with Beyonce and you're gonna be comfortable doing it because you know the theory. You know, so it's the universal mm. way of communicating. Because there's so many ways to learn music, too. I feel like the internet now, you can kind of go on there and go, oh, okay, here's how to play a chord, here's how to play. And you can totally do that. Mm. But really understanding, you know, what you're doing is super important if you want to get past that initial level of learning. So I would say that's really something that's important about theory for me. Well, you heard it again, like, for the umpteen time, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> music theory is... If anything, if, if it's not just important, it's literally the foundation for musical creativity. It, in so many words, that's what pretty much this young man said. Like, this is literally the foundation. Like, and I'm not talking about no BS foundation. I'm talking about like the old school brick and mortar foundation you see over in Central West End Foundation. For sure. He talking. Sure. That's what he's talking about. And that's one thing like I do stress to people. Because like I said, I pick it up from time to time myself just yeah. to get brush yeah. up for on it. Because I used to play saxophone back in high school. Yeah, that's what's and so and so I was like, okay, I'll keep up on it. And plus, no, I make beats. So I, no, I keep on just for things yep. like that. Yep. But no, yep. I yep. definitely try to tell people if you can. Regardless if you learn it in a formal way, like in a school, or you learn it in an informal way, right, which right, is right, online, right. Yeah. like online courses or videos, however the case may be. But if you do videos, make sure it's someone that actually knows what the <laughs> right, they're talking right, about. Right, right. But, you know, regardless, though, it's just that's how important this one thing is to learn if you want to be in music, period, I would say. Definitely, definitely. And I would say, too, I mean, now more than ever, the Internet allows you to find creative and fun ways to learn theory. Because theory is not, I mean... For most people, it's it's not that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely, it like I said, it's it's kind of math, really. I mean, it's the math behind music. So I would say it, it may not be fun at first, but you know, there's a lot of ways now, especially with the internet, to, to find cool, just like websites. I know there's like a site called musictheory.com that'll do like ear training and just stuff like that. Um, that's really helpful. Get that website one more time for people I so they it, know. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's just musictheory.com. Check that oh, out. Oh, there you Pre- go. Pretty easy to remember, actually. There Pretty you easy. go. You'd be surprised how many people was like, what's the website? What's that again? <laughs> no, music, literally, yeah, music link, theory. Link down below. Link down below, yeah, musictheory.com. So, yeah, just Google it. Musictheory.com is right there. But no, man, I mean, like like what Owen's saying, man, like, for real, that's why, I like, and that really is another reason. Outside of the fact, you know, I just was kind of jokingly doing it because I remember originally the homie Adre, shout out to him, he talked about, uh, I ain't care for theory for, for the reasons you just mentioned. He was like, it's boring, it's little, you know, so I don't know. But, you know, like, me and him had to talk and we all good. But uh, after that, I was just like, you know what, people just need to know this in general. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're just going to be in this field or take this on, just learn it. Just yeah, go ahead yeah. and learn it. Yeah, it. yeah, it might be boring, but like you just said, it's no, it's 2018. It's multiple ways. Now online, you can learn it in an easier format that's ways retainable and that's going to pique your interest. Yep, yep. So do that, y'all. Like, that's something I would definitely stress. I always do. Do that. You would not be disappointed in the long run. Yeah, for so, sure. So, so, yeah, that's how you got to think about it. But, no, we're about to get back in the um, – 
music production side for a second. So tell me what do you use to make beats with? Uh, I currently use Logic Pro. That so you still using Logic? Okay. Yep, Logic Pro X. That's, that's always been it. I, I'm uh, I can I can use Pro Tools. I'm familiar with it. Uh, okay. I've used Ableton enough to be somewhat familiar with it. But but Pro, I mean something about Logic has just always drawn me together. I feel like it's a nice mixture between Pro Tools and Ableton to an extent because you get you know you can, you can see your waveforms. You can kind of see everything in a tracked out format. Mm -hmm. But you're also able to do you know more of the things relating to production that Pro Tools kind of lacks. So gotcha. that's always been my, my go-to for sure. That's what's up, man. So clearly, since you say you play piano, I'm assuming you use like a keyboard with beats and stuff like that. Totally. Yep, yep, so yep. what keyboard do you have? It is the Alasis VI-49 Advanced. Okay. <laughs> nice. I heard Alasis. I heard, let's say I've heard Alasis, definitely M-Audio. Oh, yes. I heard, let's see, I think I, want, I, think I heard a kind. I think a long time ago. Uh -huh. So yeah, so now, nah, so we got another Lisa's person. That's dope, man. So nice let me ask you this. Um, outside of just knowing piano, mm -hmm. do you play any other instruments? So again, I can kind of, I can, I can get around enough to make people think that I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And again, that comes a little bit from music theory, actually. Uh, but I can, I've, uh, I took drum lessons for about a year. So okay. I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, my, my ability to, to do rhythmic uh, playing on piano was really, really increased, especially by taking drum lessons. But mm -hmm. I've always just had a tendency, like because I've been doing production so long, I can play like, I, I know this sounds weird to people who don't produce, but playing drums on a keyboard, I'm <laughs> I'm actually like really good at that, which is kind of funny because it's a skill most people would not, you know, think about using. But that's hmm. something I've gotten very good at is doing that. And I do use a machine controller now. Like I do production on that as well. And I've gotten good enough to do that like live and, and such. But um, I still occasionally, if I'm doing a beat that's really swung or behind the beat and loose, that's something that's harder to do on an MPC. So I'll usually just use my keyboard straight okay. up. Because I'm just, you know, I'm a keyboard player. So I'm used to kind of, my fingers are there, ready to do that kind of fast motion. So, so you're basically finger drumming on a keyboard. Yeah, yeah, pretty, a lot of the time, a lot of the time. Hmm. I still, okay. you know, machine for me has been a, a, it was a learning curve at first. Now I'm, I've gotten to a point where I'm, I'm fluent with machine and I still enjoy using that. So most of the time now it's machine. But with finger drumming on a keyboard, that that's, you know, if it's a beat that's hard to hear, and especially for jazz stuff, because mm -hmm. um, I'm also used to, I use Native Instruments plugins. I've got the whole complete suite. Nice. Um, shouts to Native Instruments. Yeah, shouts to Native Instruments. Uh, but uh, that Contact series, the Abbey Road series, the drummer kits, those are, oh, man. I own them. <laughs> I own them. Native Instruments. Understand, y'all have came through with a fucking gold mine with oh, themselves. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Everybody, I promise you. Complete is, so, I mean, funny story, actually, little side note. The, the way I found out about Complete was I did a uh, shadowing of this this um, studio. I don't know, you, you may have heard of it, called Cool Fire. They do a lot of a lot of uh, production for ads and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, Okay, I think I heard um, the name before. Yeah. yeah, and they're based out of St. Louis. Shouts to them. They do all kinds of stuff. They do app development, um, and then they do advertising for like uh, McDonald's, AT&T. I mean, they do national advertising, but they also do like the tourist bureau here. They do all the advertising there. Okay. Anyway, I did a, a, a shadow with the guy, uh, Brent, who did audio over there for everything. Like he was just the go-to, you know, dude every day. He was making a little jingle, you know, ad for the zoo, jingle, put that over there, you know, all that kind of stuff. He was doing all that. And he, hmm. um, he told me at the end of the day, he was like, all right, number one thing you need to know, complete these plugins this is how we save you know thousands of dollars not hiring musicians is because these you know these drums these bass guitars they sound you know everything 
just sounds real. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. I mean, so, and as much as that's, that's a whole nother conversation, I mean, because I've gotten to a point where I, yes, I can just use a plugin, but you know, the musicianship behind, you know, the, the little things that you can't replicate as mm -hmm. a, as a computer, that's the, you know, that's the gold mine right there. So still, you know, obviously hiring people is the way to go, but for corporate stuff, that's what they use. And so, I mean, again, they just, to show how good they are. That's kind of why I brought that up. But. So you just put me on game, cause uh, so now, so now you know uh, a lot of a lot of jingles and stuff you hear on advertising, native instruments. <laughs> totally, totally, hundred percent. That's yep. dope, man. That yep. that's hella dope. Yeah. So let me ask you this, man. Um, how'd you look up with the Farfetch crew? So Farfetch for me was was uh, it was a supernatural progression. My brother was on that from I mean, so he he straight up was doing this shit when I went into high school as well. So I mean, he was. I think he, ooh, I'm gonna, I think it was sophomore year okay. that he, he joined, which is the same year. Well, no, I joined freshman year actually. But anyway, he was, he was on there from, from a young age as well, doing his stuff um, with our brother Jose, doing uh, Subtle Aggression. Shout out to them. Nice. Shout out doing to them. Doing their group. Um, actually, we're all gonna be over at the uh, Earth Day Festival coming up. Nice. Which I need to grab the date on that. But yes, it's Forest Park come through where i think we're like the first ones on so hell yeah that's gonna be cool anyway um yeah he was doing that stuff from a from a young age and then farfetch for me was sort of just like a natural progression for finding a support uh, a, a group of people who already were in the game already had the connections and mm -hmm. could say hey here's a you know here's a show here's someone you need to meet kind of stuff like that um that was harder you know i feel like for a lot of people um they just don't know where to go. They don't know where to start. They may be super talented, but they're just like, ah, what, you know, what, how do you even, I don't know. For me, I've been really privileged to just have, uh, you know, have Wes kind of had these connections already and go, okay, you know, here, do, here's a, here's this dude, meet him, make that connection, you know, continue going. Um, and so one of the things that I like to emphasize about, um, especially with music, getting into how, how to make connections, how to start off in a, in a, you know, just getting into the local scene even, is uh, don't feel like, and especially for me coming from a young age, because, you know, I feel like for a lot of people at this age, their only connection to music is like, I play in this band in high school. You know, like I, I play in jazz band, I play in whatever. And then they go to college mm -hmm. and then they, they realize, you know, after they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars that like maybe there isn't going to be that connection at the end that like gets you that insane job. You know, maybe there will be, but that's not the only way. You know what I mean? Like most of the people that are already out in L.A. right now, like living it up, are people who have been doing this from a really young age and just had those connections and they, they reached out into that scene. Mm -hmm. So what I like to emphasize is, you know, go on the Internet. The Internet is amazing. There are so many people on there. You will find things like Farfetch'd. A lot of things like, you know, Stereo Assault just relaunched. Shout out to Julian, by the way. Shout out to <laughs> But, uh, you know, just groups like that. Find people who are going to support you. You don't have to have a lot of money. You, you know, there's, in fact, most of the people doing this stuff are not over here, like, asking for a bunch of money. You can find ways to do things that are affordable. Make connections. Go to events. You know, um, wherever you are, just, just find a way to get connected somehow and I mean you'll just meet people so quickly doing that and especially if you're really talented people are just going to come to you naturally and be like hey can you do this can you do this so that's something that's really important to uh to mm -hmm. try and do and especially with local scenes like St. Louis I know this is harder to say because I mean in LA it's a lot harder to do because most of the people the local scene in LA is still super 
professional and super hard to get into for the most part. So like comparatively, St. Louis is a, is a really nice, like non-competitive scene, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out to St. Louis for that. And, and, uh, however, I will say, I don't know how long that's going to last. Cause I feel like we're about to kind of hit a, hit a streak where we're about to be popping off, but oh, that's yeah. all I'll say on that. You know, <laughs> Hey, no, but, no. I mean, you know what? I, I felt the same way. Like it's probably gonna be resurgence. It's kind of like how back when, when it was like the, the early 2000, late 99, totally, like totally. Nelly and them start popping. I think it feel like that's going to resurface and recycle itself, right? It's, it's like the whole rule of history repeating itself every 20 years. Yep. Like it's going, yep. I feel like that's going to happen. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. I mean, we got, we got Smino. We Shout got Mastermind. Yes, we do. Shout um, out to the homies. So, you know, there, I feel like there is a level of craftsmanship coming out of St. Louis that is, is just non, I don't know. It's, it's, it's St. Louis. It really is. And I feel like people are going to find that. People are going to see that, you know, we have uh, a lot of talent that is just not being tapped. Absolutely. And my fear now is just that we're going to have people who are suddenly swooped up and then taken advantage of. That would be the fear for me is that we have a lot of talented people who are like suddenly like, oh, this dude wants to sign me to his label in L.A. and da da da. Go out there. Turns out he's going to take all your music and you know get the rights to it whatever stuff like that that is something that i feel like does happen to scenes when they first get kind of like blown up like that mm. so again find you know find those connections that are going to support you and show you how to you know get legal representation sign those contracts don't you know just play free shows get you some paid shows so um things like that are really important too since the so- scene is growing you know so quickly so um that's something that's really cool about St. Louis is that we have so much free kind of stuff like that, you know, with Farfetched and, and so on. So, yeah, definitely. Hell yeah, man. So, uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit about <clears throat> how did you start your own jazz band? Because he told me right before we started, he has his, literally he has his own quintet called the Old Ragland Quintet. Yes. So, tell us the history on it. How did that start? So... <laughs> So coming out of uh, middle school into my freshman year of high school, I switched over to a public high school. Mm-hmm. Way more people, uh, which I actually liked because a lot more, you know, talented musicians. Um, so I basically found a group through various, uh, just you know, who who was the best basically at the school. Just started jamming with them, and eventually we we started this little group. Um, and my bass player actually. Uh, is still my bass player, and he was okay. the bass player at that time. So he's been playing with me pretty much since freshman year. That's what's up. Um, but then we had, you know, various members of the group come in and out. Um, so now we're at a point. Um, so over the summer, well, I guess this is a new year. So technically, last summer at Lou Fest, uh, played with Mastermind, mm-hmm. which is an amazing experience. Uh, yeah. Main stage craziness. Um, nice. But yeah, got a lot of funny stories from that. Shout out to Corey Henry. <laughs> for laughing at me. While oh, I, <laughs> oh, we, oh, I want to hear one, at least one of the stories we got off the air today. We, we need to hear one of these mm-hmm. at least. <laughs> but um, basically at the at at, uh, at Lou Fest, I met some amazing, amazing uh, talented musicians. KP, uh, Katara Parson. Nice. Uh, Keith Bowman was the drummer that we came in. I, I don't know if you all have heard of Loop Rat, but oh, shout yeah. out to them. Shout out to them, um, yeah, definitely. So Keith plays with them all the time. My trumpet player actually... Even from high school, uh, continue on. Kamali Moore has played with them as well. He's been there. They're a trumpet player. So nice. Um, yeah, shout out to them. But so they basically just became the group that I was jamming with all the time. Um, and then I got this um, residency at the at the dark room. 
Um, and so that turned into the group that played played there. And then so from then on, we basically were like, all right, let's make this official, get a, get a contact going. And then, um, so yeah, basically that that's how the group formed. It was really just a natural progression of like, hey, come jam with us and you know, that's how it formed. And honestly, that is, I feel like how most bands form. So again, find people, connect with them, start playing. You might end up in a really kick-ass band. You never know. <laughs> Hell yeah! So you think you may go uh, go ahead and try to Stanley Clark it out and try to be like on some Return to Forever kind of stuff eventually, man? Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know. No, <laughs> they right pop. Uh, shout out to my pops who put me on game on that twenty years ago. <laughs> yes. Do you think you can see yourself as a uh, maybe like a group that maybe like travels around and does like a lot of touring, or do y'all do any kind of local touring already, or kind of like outside of doing the dark room? So at this point, we really are just at the dark room. Like we are a group that is. Uh, we're all over the place individually. So I mean the, the 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 way we're connecting right now as a as a band has been at the dark room. But we are planning on putting out an album this year. Um nice. and then we've got a lot of stuff coming down the road. Uh, and so be excited for that. Can't really talk about too much of it. But um yeah, there's exciting stuff going on. We're we're, we're uh, potentially gonna have a uh, there's this this thing going on at KDHX um, called the happening. Okay. Which is gonna be a uh, basically what I would call an organized jam session. So this is essentially a a band. It is is the Own Ragon Quintet, uh, but with my brother as well. And we're gonna bring in various other musicians as time goes on. And it'll be a uh, I believe a monthly deal at KDHX. Nice. Um, and what would what would happen with this is we would have um, none of the songs would be planned, but it would be. Uh, organized to the extent that we would have you know we're gonna sing this poem back behind whatever you know whatever they play so it, it basically would be you know I, I don't think i've ever heard anybody doing this but we as a group are super tight at doing that and so we've just you know gotten to a point where i can just start throwing down some chords and everybody will be on that wave together um so yeah look out for that that's something we'll be doing as well um, but yeah, we'll be we'll be doing an album. I'm not sure about touring at this point. I mean, for me personally, I've got so much uh, going on with with production work, with school. Obviously, um, I have a lot of commitments, so I don't know about you know how how much uh, time I could really put into touring. But we'll see how that goes. Um, potentially, potentially. Hell yeah, man. Because yeah, I mean, just I mean, like like I keep saying, man, just from what I'm hearing right now, just from the multitude of different genres I'm hearing, man. Like like you said earlier, like. You're definitely experimental with your approach, and I like that. Like that's definitely something to admire. Thank you. So you know, and so I'll, and so that's why you know. And one day I'm gonna have to really come check out Chad Quintet, man. Like at the dark room, I'm gonna have, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna yeah, have to. I'm every third Friday, every third Friday. I'm definitely gonna have to do that, man. But uh, let me ask you this, man. Um, let me ask you as far as back to uh, music for a second. Yeah. Who are your influences? And I'm gonna say this outside of maybe family. Outside of family, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, because I already know it sounds like your dad, your, like your immediate family <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. your absolute biggest influence. Sure, sure, sure. But outside of your immediate family, who would you yeah. say like some yeah. other big influences? So influences as far as production goes, um, right off the bat, Bonobo, nice um, electronic artist from the UK, amazing. Um, his stuff definitely is very influential on my first album. Which funny story? I actually gave the album to him. Nice, uh, <laughs> nice. He came through at the ready room. Um, nice. So I met him and, and gave him gave him it on a flash drive. But anyway, um, that being said, yeah, Bonobo, and then for sure Flying Lotus. Hell stuff, yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. 
because you know again his approach is really jazz based um mm-hmm. and that's something i love and of course his work with thundercat and robert glasper all those cats you yeah know, considering who his who his aunt uncle were hell yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hell yeah and i mean of course and yeah i mean he's he's related to uh what like is that? Uh, alex coltrane yeah yeah, yeah yeah alex coltrane yep so um no, his stuff has been amazing. I, I mean, I remember from a young age going like, what even, you know, what is the approach behind creating music like this? I mean, I just didn't even understand at that point how that how that worked. But his stuff is something where I feel like now uh, a lot of people are getting on that wave, mm-hmm. which is good. But I will say that because of how different his, his style is, it's something that when people replicate it, it you- can diminish mm-hmm. the greatness of, behind what he is doing. So for me, it's always been about kind of trying to like, yes take you know kind of go off of his style a little bit but not try and just replicate it and especially because you know uh for me i I would want to include maybe some more jazz or some more electronic or some more hip-hop even you know Mm -hmm. like some just things that you wouldn't necessarily hear from from flying lotus that uh maybe you want to hear if you're specifically into jazz or something like that so you know um and definitely not trying to say that i'm uh even on that level yet but you know i i do feel like for me i've gotten to the point with production that i can understand what he's doing when he makes these tracks you know it's no longer so mystical for me which has been an awesome experience and i mean that's just what what happens after you start producing for a long time is you go okay all right maybe i do you know understand how he did that one specific thing so it's a it's a really cool process like learning even just how to identify like i would say one thing you can do if you're just like really if you've been crafting for days on end and you're kind of like out of creative juice just listen to a song and try and identify what specific you know uh don't listen for the emotion but listen for the technical aspects because and i mean this is only for me i actually had to turn off sometimes like try and turn off my technical listening because i can sometimes just listen to you know i remember when i first heard frank ocean hated it because i was just like oh technically like this note isn't quite where it needs to be like all this kind of stuff you know and then i love frank too man (laughs) (laughs) no but i mean that's because that's what happens when you start listening for like a technical ear you just lose the emotion behind music which is a whole nother conversation i mean that's something with with theory like you can get so into theory that you're just like oh music's written mathematically only like you know what are you talking about like (laughs) music is emotion so um that's something I feel like people lose a lot, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to education. But that's something for me, um, you know, it is good, though, to, you know, don't do it all the time. Listen to music just to listen to music sometimes. But, um, you know, do sometimes turn on that technical ear and just listen for, like, how, you know, how do you, how did they approach this? How did they do this? Because I think if you listen like that over time, you'll see that you are actually doing some of those things yourself. And then you can say, okay, let me bring this out a little more. Like maybe do it in the way that, that this artist did it. So things like that are really important for learning, and uh, and it's a it's a really cool thing to do. Mm. Question: The track I'm hearing right now, sample or no sample? Sample. This is my this is my first time. Damn, yes. y'all your first one? Yes, this is my first time. Really? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so so literally, how long ago did you make this? I started creating this album in eighth grade. It has been really? a it's been a three year long, and actually, this is one of the first tracks that I made. Um, yeah. So you tell so so you're twelve, maybe thirteen at the time making this. I was fourteen when I made 14, this track. Okay, fourteen. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And then I, <laughs> I had a crazy. Uh, my computer actually got wiped. Oh no. So I, um, thank God, I actually played a gig at the the uh, Pulitzer. Shout out to them, um, and. 
play that gig and actually had to bounce out, you know, like tracks to play at the gig. Mm -hmm. um, bounce those out. And then I, I think it was like maybe a week later, the computer mm -hmm. got wiped, lost everything. <sighs> so I only had those bounce outs. So for all of you who are going to listen to the first album and go, oh, there, there's some mixing issues. Just know, couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> But you, know, <laughs> but you know what, man? I think every, every producer goes through that at least yeah. once. And like, I mean, that's why I put it out. Because I was like, I know I can sit here and like scratch the whole thing. But to a point, it's like, look, it's been three years. I, I want to just leave this here and, and see what people think, you know. And so I actually dropped it on, on Lufest, the day of, day of Lufest. Nice. So. Nice. And just me hearing this, man, you know, that's definitely, you know, just you making what you're making at the young guys. Like I said, I think that's what like impresses me a lot more. Because I do know a lot of like people and musicians whether I know you from the scene or I met you at church growing up or met you through some people you know what I'm saying like I met a lot of talented people for like sure, yourself sure. man yeah. and yeah man just what I'm hearing man like I said I can't say enough man you definitely got something man like for real like I can like and I'm gonna get back to the other question for I just wanna say you're definitely one of those people I can tell you don't need words on your shit at all like you don't need it like and that's one thing I appreciate more than I think I like a lot of things because that's one thing I kind of strive to be in one thing I got told by my beats a long time ago you don't need people rapping on your stuff you just play it out right and that's it so I'm seeing someone else that's on that same wavelength that can just play not use words maybe a sample here and there something like that but just playing the song and just letting emotion everything run its course and just being conception when it's just coming in yeah that to me if you can do that without words like that you got you for real have a skill like yeah. just because that means you are your own instrument you don't need an additional vocal mm -hmm. outside of maybe whatever you added in there to make a additional instrument it's just you are the instrument i appreciate that so yeah. now nah, so that's so i truly i truly do appreciate like pe when people do that man like you know i always love to hear people on like beats and beats and production and compositions all the time don't get me wrong for but sure. if you can just do it with no words and you still get that same effect yeah you have a true talent. Thank you. And that's that's one thing I can say about people, man. Like, you know, and that's why I tell people as well, man. Like, if you can, man, you know, like I said, it's always good to work with artists. And I, which, that's one thing I always stress. Like, if you always work with an artist or a band or something like that, you know, to grow and make something together and make something cohesive that you can make something beautiful, absolutely do. Absolutely. But... Don't rely on it. Don't rely... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Don't rely yeah. on it. For because sure. Because we have, like you said earlier, with uh, LA, you know what I'm saying, over in the uh, West Coast, like, there's too many ways to, to make money don't being just a composer, producer. You know yep, what I'm saying? Yep, it's it's yep. too much yep. to just worry about just have someone sing a rap on your stuff. Like, no, if you got... If you, as a producer, you have more than one outlet. 100%, yeah. I would say one thing that's really interesting to me as well is seeing production evolve as an art form mm -hmm. itself. Because, I mean, like, production really, at its core, is a, you know, it's a musical format. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, people, especially now, I mean, you, you get, like, white kids from the suburbs like me over here, you know, like, but people will just put on lo-fi playlists don't even know what it is but they'll just be like oh this is tight i'll just study to this whatever you know what i mean stuff like that is becoming really popular and i think it's interesting to see the way that people don't even know what it is because i'm like okay you realize you know when you listen to that trap song this is that's an you know evolution of this same style like production is something people overlook entirely because they think when i listen to rap i'm listening to this rapper right right not this 
producer. So it's really interesting to see like how production is evolving. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like really excited to just see I feel like producers are finally getting credit to an extent. You know, absolutely, people are people absolutely. are finally saying, "Hey, like listening to to hip hop, even you know, without rap, is something that is its own, you know, it's its own art form for sure." Absolutely. Like, I, and I feel like for producers um, <clears throat> to to get past that level, like I was saying before when we were talking about theory, um, to get past that initial level of of creativity where you're just like creating a beat for a rapper like that is totally an art form in itself. I mean, there's 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 a challenge behind saying like, okay, what is this person's style going to, you know, what's this going to fit over? What's this what's the timbre of this voice going to fit over with relation to instruments? Like there's totally an art form behind that, but there's also an extent to which you can just get really good at doing that and then you're like somebody will approach you and go, "Hey, I want to like hear an instrumental tape." And you're like, "Oh, what's my, you know, what what is it going to be if my voice was over this? Except it's not a voice, it's just me." You know what I mean? Like right, that right. what is that? pull out so and that's something that for me um with my production is a challenge because i feel like a lot of times um i get approached so much by rappers to the point that it's like okay i am you know when i sit down to make production it comes out like the music that is you know what you're hearing right now but mm -hmm. this kind of stuff is is not necessarily hip-hop like to the point that people would want to listen to like a lo-fi playlist and put this on so that being said like it's a challenge for me sometimes because I, I i think that um people do like to to hear enough uh genre bound kind of stuff that they can say like okay i'm gonna put on this study playlist and it's gonna be this type of beat over a large period of time that kind of thing is hard for me because like rappers will be so quick to jump on that and be like yo let me use this track whatever so um that kind of stuff for producers is 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 the challenge is like you're kind of giving away a work that is yours when an, when a rapper just asks to use your beat so that's a big challenge for me and if you're a rapper out there you know you should know that like it might be better to ask a producer to make you a beat. They might actually be more willing to do that than to give you a beat they've already made. Because mm -hmm. if it's if it's an instrumental track that they're really proud of, that kind of will like be their voice already on that. So agree. you know, even 100%. if you fuck with it, like that might not be what you know what it deserves. Like your voice may not fit over that. So you got to really think about. And and again, that that comes down to like hiring producers. You know, if you can afford that, like absolutely, you need to do that. But if you find, uh, you know, a producer that is up and coming and is like making fire tracks, but you're asking them to use them and then you're like, oh, um, you know, you're just like laying down your stuff over it. It may not be what the what the beat really deserves. You know, like you may not not because you're bad, but because the beat was created as the producer's voice. So there's a big difference there. And it's really interesting for me to see like how that is its own style now and how that's becoming a, a big part of the scene. So. It's really cool. Hell yeah, man. And you've touched on a lot of points, man, that I think a lot of people that's uh there are rappers or singers too, you know. If you're a if you're a vocalist person trying to yeah, get on yeah. someone's uh, someone else's production. Yep. What Owen pretty much told you is just don't just try to jump on everything that someone makes just because it sounds just because like, oh I could do no, don't do that. No, if you just ask the person, like you said, ask, just ask, and you shall receive. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like one of those things, like as or in the other way, if you're making money, pay the person, right, right, <laughs> of course, right, right. Pay, <laughs> pay, pay the person, <laughs> absolutely. 
you know, say if they if they making a career. But again, I mean, like, no, if if that's what they do, right, 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 right. And I mean, think about too, people who are gonna say like, hey, I don't want to pay my producer, whatever, you know. uh, You got to think about how much of of a song is the producer. I mean, like, because even if they're making it for you, it's kind of like they're you know they're doing most of the work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how good you are. They're doing most of the work. So, you know, paying that that person is the least you can do, honestly. This, um, this water show is good right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. This water show is good right now. But, you know, um, and that's something people, I don't know, I... There's a there's a, I can go on a, on a rant about the whole you know YouTube beat industry and how mm-hmm. that affects hip hop as a genre even but I don't know I think that if you're a rapper and you're you're over here like stealing beats off YouTube like I understand that that's something you know if you just want to write to write like do that honestly like again I feel like for rappers YouTube beats are the equivalent of me sitting down on a piano and just playing like you can just rap over them and like go and flow and like kind of i don't know it's almost like meditation you know you can just kind of meditate over the beat get your mm. get your thoughts out but then when it comes down to like actually trying to to create songs you know try and like really think about um what what you know what are these lyrics actually need as a as a complete song i mean look at tyler the creator like his albums his beats are very simplistic at their core Mm -hmm. but he is you know he's doing his production from a standpoint where he's going what do the lyrics deserve over this you know Mm -hmm. so to an extent when you hear a dope ass beat and you have really good lyrics don't just go like oh that's bam put them together you know what i mean because ultimately you may actually be you know discrediting yourself a little bit with what your words deserve because your words probably deserve something created specifically for them uh you know and something honestly like maybe something you should make like i would really really emphasize like if you're a rapper and you've never done production just try it out because it's like you might figure out you're really good at it and then you're like oh well there you go kill two birds with one stone so you know there you go couldn't have said it better myself brother man i promise you couldn't have said it better myself. He just he said everything I think a lot of people do think. And I'm glad he stated it in a very eloquent way that was people that's, that need to understand it. You know what I mean? It's just something I think people just kind of need to understand. I'm glad you did explain it the way you did. Because I, now I hope that I know, you know, what, regardless of what side of the fence you are, you're an artist or your producer, maybe you'll get better insight on understanding why people do why they do or why they feel the way they feel about their music sure. or why they be For so sure. hesitant. Like, just... Think about both sides. Think about both sides of the coin. Like, you know what yep, I'm saying? Yep, like, that's. Yep. I think that's the main thing. Have some thought about that because you just don't want to just put anything on something that may not even deserve. Like you said, yep, yep. depth, vocal. It right. doesn't even need that. Right. So right. It's, it's just something that just you gotta think about, y'all. Like for real. So he he gave a, he laced us with a lot of good game today, for real. And then like I said, at such a young age, man, like that's I think that's like I said that's the impressive thing. Just you being so young and just being able to explain what you were able to explain and. You even educated me on some stuff. And so, like I said, I mind you, like I said, man, I used, like I said, I appreciate that because I'm always a student learning. I always love learning. So, you taught me some stuff, man. So, I appreciate that. I really, truly appreciate that. For real, for real. Of course. Absolutely, man. But we about to go ahead and shut it down in a second, man. So, uh, go ahead and tell everyone uh, how to contact you and any uh, projects you got coming up or any shows Um, or anything like that. Yeah, just dropped uh, my EP, the Peak EP. uh, That is available on all streaming platforms, uh, Spotify. I mean, literally all of them. I don't think there's any that you can't think. I mean, maybe YouTube Red is not on it, but it's on YouTube. So for all you who didn't want to pay for YouTube, (laughs) Red, it's on YouTube. So, you know, uh, go ahead and illegally download that if you want to. I'm not saying you should. Please support me. But you know what I mean? Support my man, (laughs) y'all. Just saying, if you are hella broke, I get it. 
anyway. Uh, that, <laughs> that being said, um, yeah, you can catch me every third Friday at the dark room if you want to hear some jazz shit. You want to hear my production? That's all over streaming. Um, as far as some, um, I will be dropping a project soon that involves lyricists, so you can hear some of my hip hop side of things, as I was saying. And I am considering dropping a uh, straight up like lo fi uh, mixtape. Nice. Potentially just to show off some of that side. So, um, yeah, just if you honestly, the hub for everything is my website, owenraglanmusic.com or dot us, either way if you're international. Um, yeah, just check that out. That's got links to, to everything. Um, I've got a music video out right now, about to drop another one that we're shooting in Tokyo. So that's going to be nice. exciting as well. Uh, yeah, so anyway, be excited for that. Um, and yeah, just check me out there. That's where you can find everything. Is at my website, ownraglanmusic.com. We'll put a link below. Hell yeah. yeah. So any final thoughts uh, for the good people out there? Any education, final thoughts you want to give the good people before we sit down? Never approach anything thinking you are the best ever always learn from someone uh, that's one thing I feel like people sometimes when they learn how young I am they think I'm gonna be like really stuck up but like I'm all about learning from other people that is like my main goal is to never feel like I'm to a point where I can't continue learning because I feel like if I get to that point I'm just gonna be like depressed to be honest because I'm just like well here now like what am I supposed to do you know and I mean I feel like eventually the people even at the very top of their game are still you know learning even if it be from sources that are outside of, you know, like, I don't know, spiritual sources, whatever your, you know, beliefs are. But that being said, I feel like there's a lot of things where, like, it's just the mindset, honestly. Even if you're at the top of your game, you're, you, you shouldn't be thinking I'm at the top of my game. Or even if you are, you should be thinking, you know, what can I do for the craft? What can I push now? Like, don't just be like, okay, I'm here, like, I'm dope, worship me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, hey, so basically, always learn, always evolve. Yep. Yep. I'm with that, bro. Precisely, precisely. Hell yeah. Well, man, thank you so much again for coming on of the show, course, man. Thank I you, man. Truly appreciate it, man. I definitely enjoyed this interview, man. Hey, appreciate it's that. Awesome, awesome time. Awesome Hell time. yeah. Shout out to Fruit of the Boom, y'all. Hell yeah, Thanks man. Thanks for listening. Absolutely, man. So make sure you, uh, like I said, check us out uh, every Monday. I'm going to try to get back to consistency every Monday. I know we've been kind of skipping around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday a little bit, but we've been kind of having some things going on. But we're going to. We, back good again so make sure you check us out like every monday on freshproducestl.com slash fruit of the boom uh that's we have every episode from episode one till now so make sure you check those out uh follow us on social media at fruit boom pod on all social media and if you need to contact us about anything scheduling feedback whatever the case may be fruitboompod at gmail.com and uh, also uh everyone keep in mind that we got a b-battle coming up uh, I know by the time this comes out, it's probably going to be already passed over, but we got B-Battle coming up uh, this coming Wednesday down at the Monocle. Uh, Manchester and Taylor, free of charge for everybody. Just main thing, be on up to drink. So that's the main thing. But other than that, man, I definitely uh, say, you know, come out and support the crew. And again, I appreciate our guest, a wonderful prodigy known as Owen Ragley. And uh, again, y'all, we'll see y'all next time. Holla at y'all. Peace. Peace.